Welcome to Ms. Interpreted, her podcast of public relations and strategic communications, demystified by Kelly Fletcher and Fletcher Marketing PR. So there is this urgency to get it right. In getting it right, there is no blueprint for that. And I think there are two camps. One is saying, well, we still need to talk about it. And there's ones that say, oh, we just need to get on with it. And to the latter, I would say, we absolutely cannot get on with it unless we fundamentally understand what the issues are. Now, you might, in your mind, know what the issues are, but that doesn't mean they're the right issues. And also, there is a responsibility on all of us. Because it's very tempting to say, look, there are those in power who, you know, have been wrong and those who have been suppressed who have been on the side of good. I just know that personally, I've been complicit in this. I am part of the problem, but I'm also part of the solution. And that applies to every single one of us. And so recently, when we talk about conversations, yes, people have been talking about it for a while, but they've been talking about it in hidden parts of the industry, in silos, on social media, in a way that isn't inclusive. They've been talking about it in a way that, that fuels up understandable anger or frustration, but it doesn't get you anywhere. So we can either choose to kind of keep talking about getting angry, or we can actually decide, well, how do we have these conversations in a safe way? And that, I think, for me, has to be who is having these conversations. So let those who have something to say speak. And I think the burden is on us all to listen. And I think there's been lots of talking, not enough listening. And I think that's where the friction is. So we all have to listen and actively hear these stories. Listeners, here we have part two of our conversation with Rax Lakani, who is chair of the PRCA's Diversity Initiative. We loved that conversation with Rax that we featured initially with episode one. Really, really enjoyed a deep and rich conversation to be able to learn more about the international perspective of diversity. So here we pick it back up with Rax. Well, you know, I'd love for us to touch on some solutions that your group with the PRCA Diversity Network is seeking to develop in terms of, again, this idea of developing dialogue within the industry and helping to develop best practice and ideation within the industry to keep leaders from perpetuating old mistakes, bad practice, you know, just this perpetuation of things that have been proven to be ineffective. Let's just call it what it is. So please tell us about your group, the PRCA Diversity Network that you are chairing. And I'd love to learn how this group teams together with the newly announced PRCA Race and Ethnicity Equity Board. How is that process coming together? It's really interesting times. And for the first time in a long time, I think there was a real, you can taste it in the air. There, there's this real sense of change happening, and it's not the empty change that we were promised all these years. There is something happening, and I see it happening at all levels in the industry here. So it's being talked about, just, just the volume of, of conversation is there, and the level of panic <laughs> is present. And I don't think panic is a great motivator, but in the absence of anything, I'll take it, okay? Because it's at least forcing organizations to properly think about this. Now, just to talk about my history with the PRCA, so PRCA has always been present in my career. At every agency I've been in, they've always been members of the PRCA. And the failure, I think, has been of those agencies that I belong to, 
to properly communicate what the PRCA is and what it can provide. And so as a result, when I kind of went off on my own to start my own thing, I wasn't a member. And for four years, I wasn't a member. And I, I kind of got on fine. But last year, I connected back as a member. And PRC offers kind of membership levels for you know, different types of organizations. And as an individual member, I then suddenly was made aware of all of the things the PRCA actually does. And it is breathtaking. It is astounding how much they do for an organization that is run actually by a limited amount of people. So what makes the PRCA work is its members. So I'm a member, you know, and when, when I'm looking at all the injustices and the frustrations about diversity, inclusion, or digital PR, whatever, I'm looking above me for help. And then I realize the PRC functions by bringing members together to make stuff happen. And it took me a while to understand this, but since I understood that, I was like, well, if no one's doing it, or no one's doing it well, well, it's very easy for me to sit there and moan, or I can be part of the solution. And so the diversity network I joined, it'd been going on for years, you know, there'd been stuff going on. But it probably needed stepping up a bit, if I'm honest. And it was always touched upon as, we'll do a report every two years, or we'll do a census, and, and we'll tick that box. And that might have cut it in the past. But because the volume of pressure has built upon the PR industry, that is not acceptable. I think the sustained dialogue needs to be present every single day. So the diversity network is, as I say, it's a volunteer-led. I'm, I'm there as a volunteer we had a really good team around us and activity kind of went a bit quiet this year because various people had to leave and, and whatever. And then obviously COVID happened. And I think this period has been a really good time for us all to kind of regroup and it's been re-energized. And part of that reason is what happened now. Well, what's the other second story this year that happened? Black Lives Matter started off in the US overnight global, global movement. A few years ago, we had Me Too movement. So we're now at a point in society where these movements are, are there. So Black Lives Matter this year, I was on an industry call a few weeks ago, and somebody on that call said, and, and it didn't come from anywhere negative, it was just it's the way it's phrased, that Black Lives Matter is a good opportunity for us as a PRCA to talk about diversity. And I clenched up. And the reason I clenched up is because we have become very used to comfortable about hiding behind this term diversity to talk about quite serious issues like racism or like misogyny that happens still in every industry, including our own, or the homophobia. And we really sheltered behind this word diversity. And I've always been of the philosophy that diversity inclusion is not a one-issue topic. Okay? It covers everything. So my response is Black Lives Matter is the opportunity to talk about black lives mattering, okay? And, and to talk about race and to talk about discrimination on ethnic grounds and to talk about very uncomfortable conversations that we have never had as an industry. Even as a society, we, we've always brushed it on the carpet. And I think that it gave us, as a group of the PRC, a bit of focus saying, 
Well, actually, we've got a very good group that talks about LGBTQ plus rights. We've got a very good group that talks about the representation of disabled practitioners. We've got a group that talks about mental health, a group that talks about women in PR and gender pay gaps. What was missing was anyone talking about race and ethnicity. So it was pretty clear that this is something that traditionally has always been left to members. But PRCA recognised that actually this is so important, it deserves a standing committee status. So we officially launched a few weeks ago what we call REAB, which is the Race and Ethnicity Equity Board, which I also sit on, is made up of a collection of really impressive representatives from our industry. The group itself is chaired by Barbara Phillips, who is an amazing, amazing figurehead for our group. But everybody in that group is just have been for years talking about race and ethnicity, but talking about it in a way that's never been listened to. So now we're in a position, REAB was launched a few weeks ago. Barbara sits on the overall board of the PRCA. The PRCA's overall board has now actually shifted, so people have resigned in order to make room for more professionals of colour. So finally, finally, race and ethnicity, the agenda for the PRCA is being written by people from that group. And what's been most impressive to sit and see is just the passion and the drive and the speed of how things are changing because suddenly you're empowering a group of people that for years have been ignored or they've been talking in their own little echo chambers, not out of choice, but because no one was listening. Now they are absolutely doing interviews left, right and centre. And as a Barbara, race is on the agenda. Now that doesn't take away from the fact that there are other diversity inclusion issues that also need championing, okay? It just so happens that race and ethnicity, the level of urgency is so high that we need to talk about it and it's never been talked about properly. It's been paid lip service too, but never in a way that comes from the people who understand the issues. So the diversity network which I chair is kind of, I take in all the contributions from all the efforts across the organization and even non-members as well and try and provide a platform to kind of really promote the everyday issues and activities that are going on. And aside from that, but also including that, is Reeb. And I think just that announcement itself has really, I think it's put the PRC in a really good place. Because if I'm honest, like any industry organization, PRC has been around 50 years. They could have got this right years ago, okay? It's only you know recently that they've got non-white people on the board. And I think that the PRC as an organization knows this. And also, they're taking responsibility for it, which is more than I've seen from any other industry body. But only that, they are opening the doors fully, and they are saying, well, help us get our house into order. Because before we go and start preaching to our members, the PRC itself probably, as every organization does, needs to kind of sort out its own stance on race or on diversity and, and inclusion overall. And I think it's really positive for me to see that actually they're acknowledging, you know, we may have not got it right, but we're there now. And actually, not only are we there now, we want to push this as a number one priority. And that's been incredibly important to me. It's been, it's been so overwhelmingly kind of supportive of everything I stand for. And it just confirms that this is a really decent organization and it's a positive move. So Reeb, you can follow them on Twitter at PRCA underscore Reeb. I would say Barbara Phillips is the chair 
on that Twitter account, you can read all the terms of reference, the plans, what we expect of members. You know, there are big, big, big things happening right now. But we're new. We're very, very new. And so, you know, watch this space. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yes, I'm following Barbara now on Twitter, and I'm really going to be following her content and her commentary on all of these issues. It's been gratifying from here in the U.S. to see how the PRCA has tried to be very honest in approaching this issue with a spirit of humility. I mean, there are a lot of groups out there that I think are stumbling over themselves and not handling the issue well. I mean, none of us is perfect, but I've seen some groups create absolute crises for themselves because of the way they're handling things. I mean, the the, the issue, the fundamental issue is, and if I'm honest, okay, so I'm a person of color, right? Had circumstances been different, I could be in a position where I feel very exposed, very vulnerable, very isolated. And the truth is in the UK and probably in the US, especially amongst Brecht practitioners and also other ethnicities, at the end of the profession, they immediately feel that there's something wrong. They're not really being included. They don't feel as if they belong. And within a very quick period of time, they leave. Now, they either leave and quit the industry completely with a really negative view of PR and comms, which is the biggest crime in my eyes. It's horrible to think that 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 is happening. But I understand it. All these talented individuals go away and they reject the establishment. They reject the agency set up or the in-house construct. And they become really amazing independent consultants. And, you know, this year I'm just taking stock of all the new consultancy agencies that have been set up by professionals of color. And it is astounding. I'm not even saying that, you know, I'm saying these people are the people that the industry absolutely needs at the heart of it. And they are now operating as independents, just doing stuff that they need to do. And they're doing it amazingly well. And that's such a crime for our industry because we are letting this talent leave and good luck to them <laughs> whatever they do they will be successful but surely we want to retain them and that's a big issue and i think we need to have these very uncomfortable conversations as an industry but in a way that removes hostility and i think the biggest challenge to us in 2020 and beyond is how do we get this period of talking get beyond it and start doing stuff and really all come together on this because it's fairly simple. We all need to move forward on this. But there are elements of resistance and combativeness, and which I don't feel is helpful. Yes, absolutely. And you've mentioned several times in this interview this term, having difficult conversations. And one of my favorite advocates over here in the U.S. is Julia Anglin Joy. And Jules is wonderful. Oh, and really? her, I don't know if you have heard the video clip that... We've posted from her interview with Misinterpreted where she talks about the difficult conversation. And if you haven't, I will post it on Twitter. Uh, and I yeah, hope you will the video. Please, yeah, please share it out to your community because she talks about this issue that we have this problem, even in our own profession, where we have failed to acknowledge that this is a difficult conversation and that this is something that we have to acknowledge that it makes us uncomfortable And we have to acknowledge the discomfort of it if we're ever going to have an honest dialogue going forward. Because unless you acknowledge that piece of it, people are so uncomfortable, they will not sit at the table for the conversation to be honest. They will reject the conversation wholesale 
and therefore the conversation never happens. And that is why we are on this diversity merry-go-round ad infinitum. It's frustrating for me to see the, I don't know, in many ways every day I wake up going, we're making progress, right? But I'm not happy with progress. Progress, it happened anyway, okay? Progress is happening by itself. It's the pace of progress and, and, and the quality of progress that concerns me. And I think that we're at a stage right now, and I think politically, globally, we're in a point where, you know, there are issues out there and we cannot hide them. Those in power cannot ignore them. They're being talked about and people are being held accountable. So there is this urgency to get it right. But in getting it right, there is no blueprint for that. And I think there are two camps. One is saying, well, we still need to talk about it. And there's ones that say, oh, we just need to get on with it. And to the latter, I would say, we absolutely cannot get on with it unless we fundamentally understand what the issues are. Now, you might, in your mind, know what the issues are, but that doesn't mean they're the right issues. And also, there is this responsibility on all of us. And it's very tempting to say that there are those in power who you know, have been wrong and those who have been suppressed who have been on the side of good. I just know that personally, I've been complicit in this. I am part of the problem, but I'm also part of the solution. And that applies to every single one of us. And so recently, when we talk about conversations, yes, people have been talking about it for a while, but they've been talking about it in hidden parts of the industry, in silos, on social media, in a way that isn't inclusive. They've been talking about it in a way that, that fuels up understandable anger or frustration, but it doesn't get you anywhere. So we can either choose to kind of keep talking about getting angry, or we can actually decide, well, how do we have these conversations in a safe way? And that, I think, for me, has to be who is having these conversations. So let those who have something to say speak. And I think the burden is on us all to listen. And I think there's been lots of talking, not enough listening. And I think that's where the friction is. So we all have to listen and actively hear these stories. And we will all want to go out of the room, to the bathroom, and throw up because it's vile. Some of these stories are absolutely uncomfortable and make you feel crappy. But you know what? We need to go through that to then understand and have the empathy. And, and the other thing is, before this call, I had the most amazing call, Maribeth, with someone who is very new to the industry. Her name is Tila Clayton. She is amazing. You know, she is an ex-teacher who entered the profession fairly recently and she wants to get involved. She is not only a, a great PR professional, but she wants to get involved. She's a, you know, a black woman, a, a mother, a kickboxer. She is brilliant. Yes, right? yes. I've been following her. her. I've been following her actually on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's everywhere, right? And she's relatively new to our industry. Now, if I'm new to the industry, one thing she said to me, and she won't mind me sharing it with you, is... She doesn't feel that she's got the voice or the agency to talk about these issues because she's dismissed. Not because she's black and a woman, but because she's too new. And she's I'm like, we need to involve everybody. So it also matters who's doing the talking. And it's the burden so far has been people to talk and to educate. Now, it's not on my shoulders to educate, to solve this. The burden's not on me. If I had my way, I would be spending my life doing PR and not worrying about DNI. I happen to have chosen to do it, but the burden isn't on one part of the formula to kind of solve it. It's on everyone. So it's on white people. It's on non-disabled people. It's on the straight community. It's on all of us to address all of the imbalances that are out there and to get behind it. 
And yeah, you know, as someone, and I'm, I'm I'm happily happily wear the badge. I'm a, a staunch feminist, and I'll do anything to stick up for the rights of women. And I will call out bad behaviour everywhere, and I do. So you know, if someone told me as a man I, I don't have any peace in this, would just be wrong. And I frequently go to events where I listen to the experiences of women, of my sisters in the industry, talking about the most abhorrent examples of misogyny or what they experience. Now, as a passive member of the audience, I'm listening and I'm feeling for them and I feel emotional. But in some way, I feel, you know, I have some impotence. I don't have any way to maybe react. So the most impressive thing for me to do is to see a man on that stage talking to me about how he has combated misogyny. And then suddenly in my mind, I feel empowered, I feel emboldened. I don't feel any more or less sympathetic towards women. I care about the issue, but I want to be included as part of the solution. And that's the only way. So from a racial perspective, I think there's been a lot of calling out of people from both sides to say, you can get involved, you've got no right, you've got to give us the voice. I think every my approach, and maybe I'm very naive and optimistic and fluffy about the world, but I think we all have to come together so I really, really cannot understand how much I value your own input, Kelly's input, just to shed a light on this, because we all are responsible, right? Well, I fully agree with that. And that's part of the reason that Julia Anglin-Joy and I co-wrote the article, PR and the Big White Elephant in the Room. It was yep. an article that appeared yep. in PR Daily a couple awesome. of months ago, and we were just talking about the fact that, yeah, I mean, until the white practitioner community within PR starts lending voice to these issues, we are going to stay on this merry-go-round in many respects because we have our role to play. And abdicating that role or ignoring it or pretending it that it's not our problem is just irresponsible and it is unethical to be ignoring these issues. So, Rax, as we wrap up here, you've really encapsulated so many different call to action points for companies and leaders and PR teams to be thinking about and seeking to accomplish. But is there one thing before the end of this calendar year that you would urge and with a sense of urgency for public relations practitioners and leaders across the board to seek to accomplish, to really continue a game-changing attitude toward diversity and inclusion in our industry as we're moving forward? Yeah, I'm really, really happy to have that as a question because I think it's tempting to, to kind of really focus on systemic issues, but we need to have a kind of a roadmap. And I think that whilst there is no solution to this, I don't think there ever will be, if I'm honest. I think you know, when is enough? I think, you know, the moment we think that we've done enough is the moment that we probably need to do more because, you know, there's always progress to be made and there's always areas that we can do better in. So this is a great start. But in terms of the short term, I mean, from a PRCA perspective, what I have been keen to do is to go beyond the PRCA, and this is with the PRCA's blessing, is to look at members, non-members, wherever you are in the world. And PRCA, you know, has global presence. We're, we're in, I don't know how many countries, but we're everywhere. And also, we speak up globally as well. It's not a UK thing by any means. But whether you're a member or not, I think that the first thing that we want to do is probably agree that this is something that we need to address, right? Let's use this year now 
to have those conversations, and all those will carry on. We can't just have them all and be done with it. But to start to have those conversations amongst us all. There are some practical elements in place, so I'm really glad that you shouted out to Laura Sutherland at the start of the show. Laura Sutherland that I've admired for years, and it's only recently that I've connected with her as well. And through her just tireless work at PR Fest, she has behind the scenes for a number of years, but you know it's only really kind of publicly been seen recently. Really got behind diversity and inclusion. And so Laura and I, you know, with loads of others, and you were on that little chat, we tried to bring together people from all across the industry to say it was just a starting point. It was never meant to be a definitive thing. It was a starting conversation. But let's talk about this and talk about solutions and talk about issues and try and crowdsource some of the issues and then to condense it into something that we can issue globally and say it's a pledge. And so I think by the time this recording goes out, we'll do to launch it next week, but it should have, should have been out. So if any of your listeners want to kind of find out more, I urge you to search for PR Fest online and you'll find the site and download the pledge. And the pledge is literally, it's a, you know, we've practically really short, I think it's about three pages, but really big text. I mean, you can print off, take it to your organization and use that as a starting point to have an internal discussion with your team or teams or the wider organization. And it sets up some very broad conversation points that are worth considering. And then it invites you to write in your own maybe specific solutions, but to commit to all of that. And to put it up on the wall or, you know, put it online. And it's a starting point. By no means is it perfect. By no means is it the start of the end of anything. But it's a starting point. And I think that's really useful. That there's an absence of anything right now. So I think it's a good starting point. And it will be added to. So I think that's the first call to action. You know, thanks to Laura and all her tireless work. That's happened. Secondly, you mentioned we talked about REAB, the Race and Ethnicity Equity Board, which I sit on in the UK, what we're trying to do is, is, is just grow a template. So REAB is specifically targeted towards talking about race and ethnicity. But the process, the template, the structure, and the governance is something that we're really keen to learn from, saying, look, could this be expanded to actually broaden the discussion? And REAB's remit is very, very specific, and it's needed. you know. And we've got the people, the right people in there to, to have that conversation. But what are the learnings from that? So we're going to publish our learnings. There's going to be a lot of accidents happening then. But Reeve has a very finite, it's a very closed team that, you know, that's selected and called together. And perhaps, you know, whilst everyone can get behind them and support them, and that's what we're really hoping and we're expecting, I think I'm getting a lot of emails from me that how do we get involved, just really want to kind of, you know, get our hands kind of really, really into this. So the diversity network for PRCA is open globally. We just want everybody, anybody who can lend their hand to try and get some sort of clarity. And, you know, at the moment, if I'm honest, it's kind of on me. And in the next few weeks, we're going to expand the team out again. We're going to be launching a Facebook group that is a safe space. It's a structured space for us to signpost to articles, to blogs, specifically about the PR industry and its approach to diversity inclusion. And whilst it's tempting often to kind of really use that channel to call out bad practices or, you know, to say how bad the industry is, I think it's important. And this is what I love about you, Mary Beth, and then, you know, your Twitter feed. You're, you're always also trying to look at really good examples and call out 
the great work that people are doing, as well as, you know, calling out the, the unforgivable stuff. And I think it's very easy for us to forget every day there are stories, there are case studies of organizations that are doing this so incredibly well. Right. And they want to share it. So, so we are trying to pull together collectively in a crowdsource way somewhere for people to share their stories. So follow us at PLCA underscore diversity and get in touch. I really don't mind if anybody DMs me whatever time. I, my heart just, just skips a beat and I'm happy. I'm more than happy to talk to and engage with anybody. And over time, the team will get bigger and hopefully it won't be just me doing it. Um, and I know that it won't be just me. I think it's a collective effort. And I think the role of the network is not necessarily to impose a structure, but to act as a platform to share best practice, to share resources, to have those discussions in the safe space, and really to kind of help move things forward. But if any of your listeners are involved in anything that's innovative or different or just thought-provoking or disruptive in this space, doesn't matter how big or how small, there's no judgment that the point is that they're doing something. And we would happily, happily, with pleasure, share that and champion it. Because in the absence of anything, it's so important not to dismiss all of the work that everybody is trying to do. And I think often we lose sight of that. You know, in a mix of all this anger and all this confusion, we do lose sight of that. And I think we can only learn together if we get as many people plugged in and sharing their opinions, okay, we'll, we'll come to a happy middle and we'll say, look, this is a threshold and let's do this this year. And, and we can agree. And not everyone's going to be happy. But I think I know that it would make a lot of people happy if we just started moving on them. Yeah, I think a key word that you just said is disruptive. And you know yeah. me, I certainly don't mind being a tad bit disruptive. <laughs> but you brilliant. have, well, you have to be. You have to be. We have to yeah. disrupt a status quo. Yeah, but also I think respectively disruptive. Yeah, sure. Because I think that for years, a lot of people, a lot of people have been calling out just, just a level of work that we need to do, and it's not been listened to. And now, literally overnight, Mary Beth, there is some scrutiny on this, but I don't think this is going away. This is not going to vanish tomorrow. In previous years, it has. This is here to stay. And I think it's up to all of us to say, well, we can either work together and recognize that this isn't a one-issue subject. This is equally important about race and ethnicity, but it's equally important along loads of other strands as well. Because fundamentally, in my parting message is what I repeat before, more than any other industry, the PR and comms industry is going to live and die by how we react to diversity. Because the essence of our work lies in the ability to communicate to a multitude of audiences. So you get big agencies trying to do business in China or India, not understanding those cultures. And at the same level, on a smaller level, you get people trying to reach broad demographics that are changing at such a fast rate that unless we actively start to challenge our own stereotypes, assumptions, and bring in those people that can help inform us, we're going to die. <laughs> That's eulogy right there. We're not going to exist, let alone 10 years, five years. And I guess finally, I don't see malevolence anywhere. 
I see some bad practices. I see some people who aren't that great, right, making bad decisions. And there are a very small minority of people doing it willfully. But I think we've got to this pace because we've all let it happen. And everyone that I've spoken to in the last few months have been trying to get it right. And they've been looking for guidance. They're looking for support. So I think it's up to all of us to really extend the hand and say, hey, let's discuss. And it's a dialogue, right? And I think we're only going to get to a place where everyone is kind of get on board. So I think we need to inject positivity, progression. And it's not easy. And I'm not saying we've got no right to be angry or whatever. But I think we need to understand if we're going to make changes, we need people like you and Kelly and everybody else doing what you're doing and people just to kind of lend their support. Well, thanks so much, Rex. This has been such a great conversation. I'm really embracing your points here. I've made a lot of notes and we're going to be talking internally. Kelly and I will take these points back to our team because we are trying within our own company here to really approach this in a thoughtful way. This is not something that we're just rhetorically involved in. We're really trying to figure out ways to integrate change for our organization and within our market and so forth. So please do stay in touch. We want to be keeping tabs on things. Yes. As they progress in the PRCA and incidentally for our listeners, the PRCA does provide international individual membership. So for those of you who are based in the U.S., yes, who would like to affiliate with the PRCA and be involved in this important work alongside RACs, alongside colleagues who are really serious in doing things in a substantive manner at the global level and really want to be taking, yeah, those best practices that are being developed in the U.K. back here to the U.S., I know that that would be something that would be welcomed So we'll continue to follow your work closely, Rax. Thanks again for your leadership. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I would just say on the REAB, the Race and Ethnicity Equity Board, one of the key voices on there is Cedric Brown, who I know you have spoken to before. He's an American. He's a member of the PRCA, one of the founding members of the, the big, and his input has been amazing. So we absolutely need to have a global approach to this, which is why I'm so appreciative of you just giving me the time to ramble on, to ramble on, um, <laughs> to talk to your listeners. Well, and Cedric has been a guest on the Misinterpreted Twitter chat, and yeah. we have really embraced his message, and we are really excited that he has become a PRCA USA member. And also, I've been in close touch with Katrina Marshall as well. Yes, she is Oh, my God, she's brilliant. She has yeah. been such a good friend to me as well. and but She's on Reeb as well. Yes. Do you know what? All of these individuals, and there's so many to name, it just I think it just validates your approach, my approach, everyone's real kind of commitment to there are some wise people out there. You know, I know for one, I'm humbled <laughs> to be in their presence, every single one of them. You know, I'm learning every day, and it's only because of those people that I can do this. So it so important. We all just kind of raise our hands. And even if your listeners can just offer help in, in, in support or retweeting, that is brilliant. And if you can de- dedicate your time to help us manage any structures, brilliant. But as I say, as you said, you know, we're all part of the problem. We're all part of the solution. So, so yeah, let's just, let's just get on with it, right? Well, yes. And to the Twitter handle for the PRCA Diversity 
group. Can you remind us what those Twitter handles are? Yeah, it's a very new channel. It's at PRCA underscore diversity. And those of you that want to kind of really learn more about the Race and Ethnicity Equity Board, it's, it's the same. It's at PRCA underscore Reeb. And DMs are open, and I'll be on them. So uh, if you want to get in touch with me, then that's probably the best way to do it. And keep your eyes out for a Facebook group that will be launching soon, and it's available globally to anyone, whether you're a member, not member, anything. So personally love you all to, to kind of get involved. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we absolutely want to build that following base. And to our listeners, you can also connect with Rax at Twitter handle Rax Lacani, and that's R A X L A K H A N I. And you can also connect with him on LinkedIn as well. And so please follow us at Twitter handle at Fletcher PR. You can follow Kelly at Twitter handle KD Fletcher and me at Mary Beth West. And of course, don't miss our Twitter chats, listeners. We announce those routinely using the misinterpreted hashtag. And we love having direct dialogue with our following base of listeners and followers. So do give us a shout anytime. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Thanks for joining us on Misinterpreted, Public Relations Demystified. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at FletcherMarketingPR.com and on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time.